to the Andres Segovia Show. Well, that's over with. Here's to next season, right, folks? Welcome to Andres Segovia Show, everyone. I'm Andres, the honest broker, and I'm referring to the Super Bowl finally, finally, just being over with. I think it was a bit of a... A mundane Sunday. There were no stakes in it for me, obviously, because my team wasn't in there. But I, I wanted a good game, and I, I didn't feel I was, I, I didn't get that into it. So I'm, I know there was history on both sides. Don't really care about their history, but kudos, Chiefs won. There you go. I have some thoughts to share about the game that I want to vent out a little bit, just because of these ridiculous articles that are coming out about like, oh my gosh, the comeback, the comeback. I got a lot to say about that, <laughs> especially since I'm a, I'm a Patriots fan and Tom Brady, most of all, fan. So I'll share those thoughts in an upcoming episode of Off the Record, so you might want to stay tuned to that. Check out my website, www.theandresagovid.com. If you haven't checked out my stuff on, on Off the Record, by all means, check it out. You're missing out on a ton of different things, including the Soundtrack Corner. It's a podcast that airs every single Saturday, and every now and then I get to share with you my thoughts, the things that interest me, my pet peeves, the things that really get under my skin, Paul. All that kind of stuff I share on Off the Record. But since this is the beginning of the month, you all know what it means. That theme song can only mean it is time for the news roundup. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is the news roundup for the month of January 2020. And for those of you that have been tuning in this entire month, which I strongly appreciate, uh, you'd know that I was covering a lot more on the nutritional side of things for the betterment of yourself. Not that much real estate news, but at the beginning of the month, I did inundate you with a lot of news, a lot of PSAs to let you know about what was happening and moving on. And that was at the beginning of the month for stuff that was really taking effect into the new year. So I have some updates on those news articles and PSAs I gave you earlier, which I'll get to at the end of this section. So I'm going to be structuring a little differently this time. In that the, uh, I will keep to basically getting you the narrative of what these headlines are saying, uh, spending a little more time on those that I elaborate a little more that I feel require that elaboration. But for the first time, I will be closing out the segment with an opinion piece of my own. There are a lot of opinion pieces in my stack of stuff, but I feel it's time that I finally weigh in on an opinion of my own in regards to something that is happening because it is frustrating to me um, and I feel like the time has come. I think I've earned it. So bear with me. I'll get to in that point. I won't be saving it for the off the record stuff. It'll be on this episode of the main show. So let us start with uh, what basically is the beginning of the year. Everybody's making predictions. People are still making predictions into February. It's like, what will housing bring? Well, the thing is that housing has actually gotten off to a earlier start than usual. And that's because of a lot of different patterns and conditions of the economy, which is a good thing. But also taking a lot of realtors off guard like whoa that was that was quick that was interesting so yeah the, the year hit the ground running which is a good thing um and where things will land we'll see 
But I think the Washington Post summarizes the best in their article, Experts Predict What the 2020 Housing Market Will Bring. And here I'll just read off a snippet of this. This is a strong job market and low mortgage rates should sustain the housing market in this year. The problem will be finding enough homes for buyers, which I'll get to in a bit. With unemployment hovering at a 50-year low and interest rates well below the historical norms, what? The real estate industry is being dragged down by scarcity in housing stock. A lot of demand, not enough supply, especially at lower price ranges. Not enough homes are being built and homeowners are staying put longer, creating a bottleneck. Still, the market is on a better footing than it was a year ago when economic uncertainty caused by global trade tensions, stock market volatility, and a partial government shutdown, along with rising mortgage rates and home prices, put a damper on sales. That is basically the nutshell of almost everybody trying to make predictions. I think this is the best one that I was able to find among the entire ocean of everybody that was making predictions and expectations and this and that. One that builds upon this so-called prediction uh, or anticipation or expectations is what TheRealDeal.com was reporting when they said these will be the best multifamily markets in 2020. Developers are expected to deliver an estimated 280,000 units across the country on par with last year and continuing the 260,000 plus deliveries pace set and maintained since 2016. Starts and permits, indications of future supply are expected to drop throughout the year. Now, what the CBRE is predicting, predicting that Austin, Atlanta, Phoenix, and Boston will be the top performing markets of the year, but that overall suburban multifamily will outperform urban multifamily in terms of returns and rent growth. And I can tell you that three of these four cities, I know for a fact that even people that I know near dear my heart have already moved there. So yes, it is true. These places are growing. Now, when it comes to addressing the whole shortage part, one thing that uh, that also took people by surprise is this article from Forbes talking about U.S. home building hits 13-year high, showing some recovery in the housing market. So that's already addressing that concern about a, a housing shortfall and what um, the, the real deal was bringing up. But with uh, U.S. home builders addressing that uh, and, and hopefully – look. It's not that home builders don't want to build. They want to build. But when you have bureaucracy stifling the building process, which I will also get to later, you'll see that that's what's slowing down in certain areas. So it's not so much the private sector when it is the public sector because they kind of work in tandem. So let's proceed on that. uh, This is kind of moving away from the, the housing supply, more so about the housing expenditures in the sense that renting is more affordable than buying in almost 50% of housing markets. And uh, those housing markets tend to have one thing in common, according to MarketWatch.com, that uh, a new report from the real estate data provider, Adam Data Solutions, found that buying a medium-priced three-bedroom home was more affordable than renting in only 53% of the 855 counties analyzed across the United United States, making renting in other counties the more affordable option. One indicator is how many people live in your county. Renting is generally more affordable in areas with larger populations, while less populated counties Tennessee buying as a better option, the research, the researchers at Adam have found. In 36 of the 43 counties nationwide that had a population of 1 million or more, renting was more affordable, uh, was the more affordable option. This includes nation's largest cities such as New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Houston, and Phoenix. Phoenix pops up again. Additionally, in two-thirds of the counties with populations greater than half a million people, renting was less costly choice for housing. Proceeding on to the next article, because of the housing affordability crisis, Los Angeles Times, and this is the obligatory Texas is better than you article, ready to move Californians tour their top destination, that is Texas. By the way, you know, you know the drill. 
Every single article I'm mentioning here is linked at the show notes accompanying this episode at www.theandresegover.com. Uh, I don't have to go into the details of this article. You know it. You heard me talk about it. It's kind of ad nauseum at this point. But the fact that it keeps appearing or rearing its ugly head should tell you that more people are moving out, which is foreshadowing what I'll be getting at in my opinion section. Now, just because people are moving out doesn't mean the cities they're moving into are going to be embracing them with open arms. This is from the Wall Street Journal, as West Coast transplants pour in, a small Idaho town has a big dilemma. The star's population is booming and housing prices have more than doubled. The growth is beyond what people can handle. So there you have it. Just because the tax laws and the housing conditions here in California are unsustainable, doesn't mean where people are going to land are going to benefit that area either because some cities are hemorrhaging this. It, it is a growing problem, especially for smaller towns because that's where people can supposedly afford. Not so much is the case anymore, as you can read this article for yourself available from the Wall Street Journal. Okay, so that does it for those kind of articles about the housing uh, crisis and affordability issue. So these other articles, uh, you know, this one is still regarding that housing, but in a more in a positive way. Um, you heard me talk about Apple investing in rental housing in Cupertino. Well, Microsoft is contributing $250 million more for affordable housing in Seattle area. Uh, this headline is across a bunch of different channels, but I got this one straight from the AP that one year after Microsoft announced it was committing half a billion dollars towards affordable housing in the Seattle area, it's upping that by half. So that the additional $250 million will provide a line of credit to help the Washington State Finance Commission find about 3,000 additional units of affordable housing. Jane Broom, the company's senior director of financial peace, said in a blog post on Wednesday. Let's see. What else do we have here in the stock? Oh, yeah. Some Americans are ditching their mortgage to rent in retirement, and it shows how their lifestyles and finances are changing. This is more of like a lifestyle thing from businessinsider.com. Uh, okay, I get it. If you're going to have an active lifestyle and you're moving around a lot, then I guess renting does make sense. That's on you. It's your own. Enjoy your retirement. Do what you want. You don't have any more obligations instead of basically uh, enjoying what you work so hard to to harvest, uh, to reap, that is. You harvest it for so long, now reap it. So, well, more power to you. Okay, so now the last two items on, on the different section are just items of interest. Uh, there are really interesting listings that pop up every now and then on some of these, uh, like, uh, prestigious listings, if you will. And there's two that popped up, on, but one on the East Coast and one on the West Coast. Actually, one has been around for a while, which I'll get to in a moment, but I want to start off with the one that's in my backyard. It's uh, Anaheim's historic Melrose House. Uh, it sold over about a year ago and has had major uh, renovations. Like it, it, They had some updates to the interior and it has new foundation, so it just returned to the market and is now listed for $1.1 million. Um, I haven't seen the latest on this, if, it, if it's, uh, it's still available, but the thing is it's a, it's a really nice craftsman home. Um, Anaheim is home to just very interesting architecture here that even though I had lived here for over 20 plus years, I kept forgetting what was even here because the first time uh, I went to this uh, five-star restaurant, which is um, or four-star restaurant, uh, Anaheim White House. I, I'm like, where is this place? Because I kept driving through what I felt were antiquated streets of Anaheim 
where nobody was going. And then lo and behold, this gem that's been there for over 20 years was right there. Chef Bruno, great guy, philanthropist, gives a lot of charity, helps with the kids and and and, and, and gives to the homeless shelters a lot. Just a, a great all-around guy, featured heavily on news outlets because of his philanthropy. Um, he has a beautiful restaurant there. It unfortunately got damaged in a fire, uh, not totally damaged uh, or totally destroyed, but uh, it was a couple years ago that uh, it was damaged, but it's been, it's been since restored with the help of the community pouring in donations to try to get it back and he's since reopened last year which is great so if you're ever in the area of anaheim don't just think about disneyland you want to eat something unique different italian and seafood go to the anaheim white house definitely please check out so that's my plug-in for them okay so the next article i mean the, the next listing is uh, my hero tom brady um he has his house for sale in boston leading to the credibility that he's leaving the patriots he's gonna buy his property in the in the in california somewhere along along the west coast why because uh he was born and raised in san mateo whoa wow how shocking or he's just he's just gonna have another home he's actually sold his other home he recently sold one uh if i recall correctly he sold his home in los angeles last year but everybody's making hay of him selling his property in Massachusetts. He actually just did a, um, a price reduction on it. Uh, it was, they're asking $33.9 million for their gated estate in Massachusetts. That's roughly $8 million less than when they first listed it last summer. So it's been there for quite a while. But uh, everybody's making hay because uh, Tom Brady is going to be a free agent by March 18th or 17th. If he doesn't resign with the Patriots, uh, we'll see what happens. Will he stay or will he go? I don't want to get into sports right now, <laughs> but all I know is Tom Brady will not end on a pick six. Okay, so that does it for these other um, articles that I wanted to get out of the way because now I got to enter the much more serious and somber and sad tone. If you didn't, if you didn't recognize those expressions, you haven't been paying much attention to the politics happening, the shenanigans happening in Washington. In my case, it's true because now I have to address the parts that we don't really want to talk about, and that is in regards to uh, it's an extension of housing affordability, but more so along the lines of rent control. And unfortunately, I have to keep pounding this drum because it's only getting louder and louder, and it's affecting other places throughout the country. So you must know if you're trying to run away from California, you're going to run into this in other states as well because it's not just a los angeles thing and as i get to the opinion section that i wanted to get to at the end of this um, the conclusion of these articles uh it's it's kind of building towards that this from los angeles times it took three years of blown deadlines but los angeles opens its first homeless housing project for months, the wooden frame rising at 88th and Vermont stood as a constant reminder of the unfulfilled promise of Proposition HHH, the $1.2 billion bond for homeless housing that Los Angeles voters approved more than three years ago. Finally, on Monday, uh, Monday, the, uh, I think that was, let me, let me get the right date here because I'm reading from an article from January 7th. Monday the 6th, the 6th of January, there was a grand opening. The development is the first to open of about 20 projects under construction. Work will begin on another 30 in 2020. In the meantime, homelessness has continued to grow in Los Angeles, reaching more than 36,000 last year, a 16% increase. Thank you for not sugarcoating that, LA Times. This is a city with rent control. 
the state the statewide rank cap doesn't affect us because these are even stricter than that there's a incomplete section on this article that talks about historically the city has been able to build many units per year but since the bond measure passed in 2016 the pace has fallen what this article isn't pointing out that the delays are from the city themselves not from the developers now this is not exactly screaming at the developers but it's not it's not saying that it's the city's fault the city that demanded its taxpayers fund proposition hhh so they can help the homeless that took three years to finally get something done and since then there's been a dramatic increase in homelessness now these units aren't enough to house enough homeless and the laws continue to get even more insane or let me rephrase you the laws cannot be enforced to deal with the homeless that are harassing businesses in these areas that business owners are leaving the area or leaving the state entirely because there's no way that even the police can address the homeless that are um that are are trespassing and vandalizing uh, and even scaring off clientele and affecting businesses there's nothing that can be done because the state said you can't they can't do anything about it they will not enforce laws that are harming the victims that are the homeless so it's getting way out of hand and when they say they're waiting for these housing projects to stand up so they can find homes for these individuals to have a place to have a roof over their heads uh, now they're saying, well, we're not enough and the pace isn't keeping up. Well, then why on earth is the, is the city, why are they stonewalling and, ref, and refuting the developers to build these things? That, that, that's the problem with bureaucracy. People want to build. And the very city that wants the buildings to happen are the ones blocking the, the buildings from happening. It just... It makes no sense. And as someone involved in construction, I can tell you, yes, dealing with delay is a pain in the rear end. Look, Los Angeles is spending over a billion dollars to house the homeless, and it's failing. There were disease outbreaks last year, for those that have a short-term memory and don't remember that. And there were 1,000 homeless deaths last year alone and that was remember 16 percent increase in homelessness rates last year that was built upon the year before and the year before that and for three years these buildings were supposed to be up to house the homeless it's only gotten even worse and now they're trying to build even more and this year uh, laws and regulations for new buildings are even stricter who on earth has the urge or the will to build properties for low-income families that will not receive a return on their investment. So in other words, they're being asked for doing it for charity. So who's going to do that? So the other article I was going to reference, but it's also an opinion piece that you can read for yourself, is in regards to rent control. And this is basically like a rebuttal because it's saying that rent control is affordable housing's dubious solution, which I totally agree. And the picture that they're using is a proposition that was in San Francisco that was going to basically push for affordable housing, not luxury condos. In other words, controlling what developers can do, can and cannot do, which is another thing that just drives me nuts that... This is kind of like Hollywood, okay? Uh, I'm going to bring out the nerd in me to talk about movies a little bit. So there's this thing that's been happening the past two years in Hollywood. Uh, I'm a big Star Wars fan, or at least was, because Disney ruined it for me. Yes, I'm taking a shot at you, Disney. As you know, I have been, and you've been targeting me on the other socials. But uh, here I finally bring it up on my show, where um, people that have a, a political agenda have been taking existing franchises and inundating them with political uh, commentary and 
uh, and talking points and just shoving it in your faces. Uh, turning beloved characters into something that they're not or a caricature themselves. Uh, completely upending a bunch of character growth. This happened in Game of Thrones. This happened in Star Wars. This happened in, in Terminator. This happened, um, what, what is it, uh, Charlie's Angels. Uh, just a bunch of different things that have been taken. Marvel's cinematic universe is not without um, its blemishes. These next movies are going to be even more insane in, in terms of how politically uh, charged they are in trying to get an opinion out there. The the icing, well, the handwriting was on the wall for those of you that saw Captain Marvel. Now, I'm not going to get into any of this because I'm probably going to be hitting a lot of different sensors and this is going to take this down, which is why I try to avoid talking about these things. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because uh, what political uh, opponents do to basically uh, inject their politics to you because you're not listening to them protest on the streets, they'll take something you love and force it somehow in there so you can't ignore it. That's exactly what this proposition, is my long-winded way of saying, in San Francisco was doing. Where you have a developer that's developing. And because someone else wants affordable housing and they don't want to fund it themselves, they yell and scream and the developers are doing the thing that they were paid to do. These people end up going to the government and say, I need you to go tell that developer to do what I want them to do, even though I will not live there. And I don't want to pay for that. Make sure that not only do they build it, but they pay for it and make sure that they're not charging us if we do move there. This is the kind of insanity that happens. Like, to give you an example of movies, this is what exactly what is happening in California with construction. Because now there's a requirement of the solar mandates because we need to be green. And then this whole, oh my goodness, I'm going to enter. Look, I might ruffle a lot of feathers now. And honestly, my feathers have been ruffled for quite some time. And I, I, I do this in off the record. But it's because of this last article I have to read. So now let's just put this one out there so I can address the opinion piece and tell you how I truly feel about this in um, not so much heated terms. Uh this is from the Epoch Times. Some landlords say goodbye to California. Multiple new laws went into effect this past month in California that are meant to protect tenants. But some landlords say the state has become too restrictive for them and they're taking their business elsewhere. The rules are getting harder and harder here to comply with and our long-term prospects are looking worse and worse. And Michael D. Pierce, the president and co-founder of Prodizi Property Group, which manages residential properties throughout the San Francisco Bay Area. It makes it harder for us to manage our assets and to do it in an intelligent way. Pierce is investing in Colorado and Florida instead. We're looking at other states like many people, he said. Dan Feller, or Dan Fowler, a real estate owner and president of the Apartment Owners Association of California, said he's developing in Idaho and other states that don't regulate the amount of rent deposits and fees that landlords can charge. I used to provide housing in California, he said. I do not do that anymore. Last year, I was probably involved in building 50 to 40 to 50 units out of state. California's new housing legislation will be under great scrutiny in the coming year. The state's housing shortage and homelessness problem could both be impacted for better or worse. The various new laws in California aim to promote housing development that make housing more affordable and accessible, which is pure crap. That's me emphasizing something that's not on this article. Uh, but on the other side, California landlord associations have protested, saying the laws discourage housing development. The state has also increased its funding to help tenants sue their landlords oh these laws are for are to help affordable housing to help tenants and to encourage more building 
And when you build, you got to make sure you build according to what we're telling you to do. Well, yeah, that's why there's building codes. Yeah, but it, with there's building codes and then there's what we want. What do you want? We got the solar mandate, a requirement of low-income housing, and depressed rental rates. Okay, but building, because of your new requirements, requires new regulations to be met. And some of the products that were in compliance last year are no longer in compliance. That we brought to compliance, which is more expensive, because every time you pass something green, it makes it more expensive and more expensive and more expensive. So now, it's not as cheap as it was last year for me to build that same widget. Well, it doesn't matter. You got to build it. Why? Because we have a housing crisis. Well, guess what? I don't want to do it. Well, how come you don't want to do it? Because it makes no sense for me if there's no bottom line. So I'm going to take my investment elsewhere, out of state. Okay, let's say I play ball. I build everything according to what you told me to build to. And my expenses, my overhead expenses were even higher because the contractors had to adjust their um, invoices according to all the additional regulations that they had to comply with. And when I brought in tenant screening, I didn't discriminate against Section 8. I complied with the low housing income requirement. And I brought in tenants that some are not paying. And now I can't evict them. And let's say I'm having issues with Section 8. Because even though I filed the documents, because when it comes to Section 8 that you told me not to discriminate against, I have to put in the paperwork. Not the tenant. I have to do it. And I can't discriminate because you told me not to discriminate. Even though somebody was willing to pay me more for this one, you would have accused me of, of being uh, discriminating against a Section 8 tenant because being governed and subsidized. I don't care who's paying so long as I get paid. But now I'm having problems with both a tenant and a government subsidized a person not paying me because Section 8 is saying that I didn't comply with some inspection. And then the low-income housing, they're not even paying anything, really. And they're basically living for free. I have zero money to maintain my building, and now I'm being sued by tenants saying that I'm not painting their wall because they put a hole in it. There was a, there was a burst in the pipeline because someone did not know that they shouldn't be flushing things on the toilet they shouldn't be flushing and caused this huge old leak in my building. I do not have the money to pay for these repairs because there is no bottom line here. I'm in the red every single year. I can't evict anybody because you won't let me because you say I don't have just cause, even though everyone's abusing this situation here with all these units now everybody's threatening to sue me and the state's threatening to sue me and the state's telling the tenants not to pay me money for living there because it's my fault i haven't done anything i haven't done anything i paid to have the building built i risked all the investment i'm getting nothing back because it's it's just a loss this is not a charity and on top of that i have to pay for these tenants to sue me and if I have to kick him out. Now I got to pay them to leave because of a relocation expense. Folks, you tell me how in any of those scenarios, it sounds fantastic to be a landlord. Everything is stacked against you. You saw the statewide rent cap happen here in California. They are not done yet. Costa Hawkins is the law they want to remove. That's the last bastion of landlord rights in this state. This state had moved so far left, it fell off the cliff. The, what's it called? Marietta's Trench. It's gone even deeper than that. Okay, not so much there because we're not Venezuela yet. And I'm not just upset at our, our state legislators. I, no, I'm not just upset at them. I am upset with 
my fellow colleagues that do not service their clients and educating them. None of them told them about what was happening and now they're finding out the hard way. I learned this from different groups that were taking action against rent control, fighting it in local cities, finding out that local realtors who paid a lot of lip service, because that happens a lot in our, in, in our industry too, paid a lot of lip service, never told their clients about the impending doom or even told them that, hey, you should vote against this when it comes up. And then after the, after the fact happens, like, whoa, I didn't know about this. None of these realtors are doing their job to inform their clientele about what's coming up because we should be taking care of the, of, of the real estate industry. That's supposedly the area that we service. That's what I do, what I do on this show to keep you informed. Whether you like the news or you don't like the news, my opinion, yes or no, I'm telling you, I'm delivering the news as, as effectively as I can. And I try to be as impartial as I can. And I thought I, um, I would keep as much of my opinion out of this. This one I cannot because it's not even an opinion. It's a state of fact. Landlords are leaving California. Let's just say all landlords leave. Okay, That all landlords leave. What does that leave with in this state? State-run units. The nine scariest words in the English language. I'm here from the government. And I'm here to help. Really? The same people that complain about the government are looking for the government to come and help them? That makes no sense. They're supposed to be beholden to us, state and federal. We are the taxpayers, not them. Most of these people have never, ever paid a payroll check, so they have no idea what that even means. A lot of these never had to live check to check. They were born entitled. They'll never see the truth for what it is. That's why it's so hard to have an, a, a, a thoughtful and meaningful discussion with someone if we both can't agree that when we look at the sky it's blue well it's not exactly blue you see there's different factors that make it look blue but in reality it's more like this can we talk about relativity here what is the color of the sky in relation to us i am not in space folks it's it's a it's great to invest in real estate that's not gonna change unless california takes every single right away so it begins with you stay informed Keep your ear to the ground. Listen to what these people are doing at our legislator. Who are you voting for? Who's standing up for your rights? Very few. And with the media being controlled by the same individuals that run the state, it's pretty scary. But it doesn't mean we should quit. This is our home. So by all means, don't ignore the weather. These are the articles that you missed out on and the battles that will continue throughout this year. And you better believe I'm going to do my darndest to keep you informed. I'm Andres. This is the Andres Segovia Show. Thank you so much for listening. You can check out every single article I referenced here in this episode at www.theandressegovia.com. Look for this episode. The show notes will have every reference there for you. And for those of you looking to get into real estate, despite having everything I said, you every case is unique. So if you're curious as to how real estate might affect you in this state, by all means, reach out to me. You can reach out to me with any of the social media plugins. But if you're not if you're not looking for those, you want to find my real estate contact information. You can find it at SegoviaRes.com. That's SegoviaRes.com. Segovia Real Estate Services. You can find all your real estate services there, resources, and my contact information to be able to reach me to schedule a consultation. We can have a discussion, a conversation to find out where you are with your finances, what you'd like to do with real estate, and does it make any sense for you considering everything that's happening? And you'll be surprised with the answers you might you might get. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. As always, I'll see you on the next one.